Hey guys, welcome back to Double Testimony. Welcome back, everybody. What are we, season three now? I think so. Three. We must count. We're so well planned at this. Yeah, very professional. We're so keen to be back and we're just so excited for all the testimonies we're going to get to hear this year. Um, the lineup we've got is really fun. So we're so keen. Um, but first of all, we have one of my besties, Caitlin, on today. Hey, Caitlin. Hello. Thanks how for are coming. You? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. keen to have you. Um, so, as you may know, we're going to ask you about your testimony today. Keen to get a ton of advice from you about just ministry, which Caitlin will get to share about a bit later. But first, let's let's pray for you. Dear Lord God, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for just your goodness and your grace to us, God. We thank you that you are true. We thank you that the gospel is powerful and the message of the gospel is alive and at work. And God, we ask that today, whoever listens to Caitlin's testimony would be impacted by it. God, her story is not just about her or about an experience she's had, but God, it's about a relationship she has with a living God who is eternal and everlasting. And God, what you've done in her life and what you're doing is so powerful. We're so thankful for just the encouragement it is to us, but God, we ask you give her wisdom to share the truth, to share um, just who you are, that it would impact other people. God, would you open our hearts and our ears to listen and to really receive the truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, lovely Caitlin, can you please share us first how you came to Christ? Yeah, so... Um, I always like to preface my testimony with it with, I don't really personally like my testimony. Um, but that's because it reflects a person who, you know, before Christ, I, you know, things weren't great. So it's a person I'd rather forget and move on from. But I think God's really taught me over the years that my testimony is a story about him. It's his story of how he saves people. Um, so yeah. Um, but starting from the beginning, I was born to some very loving parents. Um, but sadly they didn't love each other. So from the age of four, I was in two separate homes after my parents got separated. And so because of that, I always was looking for some sort of acceptance and belonging and I decided the best way to make people accept me was to be the perfect person I could ever be. So I was like your poster child. I was the good kid who got all the grades. I did really well at school. I had the nice friends. Um, every teacher wanted me in their class. And up to like year nine, I used to cry if I got sent out of class because I was in trouble. Um, so I was just like, I was like, I have to be this perfect kid. Um, and for a while it worked and I could do it. I could keep up the sort of like, oh, you know, I'm getting the good grades. I've got the friends. And at about year 10, it came to sort of like a breaking point. And I knew that the life that I was sort of portraying on the outside didn't match up with how I was living and feeling behind closed doors. Um, because what people didn't know, what my teachers and my parents and my friends didn't know is I was a major gossip. 
So because everyone told me all this stuff because I was super trustworthy, I'd tell it to everyone else as well. Um, I was also battling with a porn addiction, which had started when I was about 12. And I was also sleeping around with people. And so at the end of year 10, I just started feeling super anxious and depressed. And I felt like I just had this guilt and it was like this black sludge on my hands that I couldn't quite wash off no matter how good I was. Um, and so I think God sort of brought me to that point of desperation. And so then at the beginning of year 10, someone invited me to come along to youth group and I was like, all right, I'll go once just to make them happy. Um, and I kept on going back. I don't know why, but I kept on going back and I kept on hearing the gospel. And I think before then I would have said, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I know about God. I know who he is, but I don't think I had that living, saving relationship with Jesus. And so as I heard this like story of love and, you know, God's grace lavished on me. I was like, this changes everything. This is what I want. Um, but I knew that I was sinful. I knew that, you know, the stuff I had done meant I was separated from God. And the fact that, and then just hearing about Jesus, like Jesus as the one who has made me right with God. You know, there's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. It's through him alone. And that just changed my life. And I was like, I want that. And so there wasn't a specific moment where I was like, yep, I'm a Christian now. But gradually over about three, four months, I picked up my Bible. I started reading it. Um, I would cherry pick Bible verses at first because I was like, oh, these are fun, encouraging ones. But hey, it got me reading the Bible. Um, I realized I needed to go to a church. So I started looking for a local church to go to um, and I started praying. And by sort of about term three of year 11, I went on a youth camp and at the end of the weekend, there was like an activity where if you, if you were a follower of Jesus, you got to come up and like write your name on a door or something. It was kind of weird. But I remember like, you know, they were like, if you're a Christian, come up, write your name. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. Um, yeah. And so that's my sort of story of how I came to know Jesus. Wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. Uh, that's really that's that's a really real testimony right there. Um, you know, for maybe some new listeners or maybe for yourself, Caitlin, um, what we do here at Double Testimony or why it's called Double Testimony is it's not just putting an emphasis on that first testimony of how you came to know Jesus and came to God, but also why you're staying. That's just as an equal and important sort of decision to make. And we'd love to hear more about your journey in staying as well. Mm, yeah. Um, so I think, I think the more I sort of lent into my faith, the more 
I just wanted to experience it all the time. Um, and I think, you know, God put some amazing people in my life, my church family, especially my mentor and minister from church were pretty much like core in keeping me in my faith throughout my final like years of high school. Um, and I think God really challenged me in my first years of uni in that, was I going to stay? Was I going to continue on being a Christian or was I going to give it up and follow the world? Um, and I think one of the big things for that was breaking up with my boyfriend at the time, um, who he was slowly, uh, distancing himself from his faith. And I remember sort of thinking like, what am I going to do? I've been dating him for two and a half years. I can't break up a relationship after that long. Um, and ultimately I realized that my relationship with God was more important than my relationship with this guy. Mm. Um, and so I chose to break it off cause I knew that if I kept on going in that, I'd just be dragged away from God. Um, and so I think God sort of challenged me with a few of those big, like, what, what are you willing to sacrifice for me moments? Um, and consistently I realized that I had so much to gain in being with Jesus and so little to lose in following the world. Um, and so, you know, as I stepped into uni, the degree I chose was because it felt like God had just placed that opportunity into my lap. And then, you know, stepping into full-time work, the reason I chose that was because God had convicted me, will you give up, you know, working a secular job and instead go into full-time ministry. So, yeah, I think the reason why I'm still following Jesus today is because, you know, yeah, the world's nice and there's lots of nice things in the world, but nothing can compare to knowing Jesus. Um, and I really resonate with Paul when he's talking in Philippians, I'm fairly sure, about, you know, um, all things now I consider a loss for the all-surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Like, that's all I want to know is know Jesus. This world doesn't matter. It's, it's going to pass away. So. Wow, that's so cool. I love that you brought up that verse too because, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so important to, like Adwit was saying, focus on why are you still a Christian? But the reality of it is, well, what else is there? Because it's life and death. It's not just, oh, I like the idea of being a Christian because that's not that's not even really Christianity, but you found the way, the truth, and the life, and there's nowhere else. And anything else, I love that you said anything else the world has to offer is a loss. Like it seems like a gain, but it's always going to be a loss if it takes you from Jesus. And I also just want to highlight, I'm sure listeners um, might be thinking this too, but to to exit a relationship for the sake of following God is a huge thing and I can imagine especially as a young teenager that would have been really hard um do you by any chance have advice for people 
struggling with the same situation or not sure whether their relationship is pulling them from Christ or not. Yeah. Um, I think talk to someone about it. That was probably my biggest thing. I don't think, um, I don't think I would have exited it if I hadn't spoken to my mentor at church about it. Um, she was the one who, she, she didn't tell me to do it. Um, but I think when I was like sitting on her couch, pouring out my heart and soul to her, the more I was saying, the more I was like, oh, this is obviously like, I don't, it's, it was like I was saying, it's like, I don't even want it, what I'm describing. Um, so yeah, I would talk to, I think talk to someone about it is really important. Um, and having that insight from someone and then also just pray about it. Um, I spent a week after talking to my mentor to when I actually broke up with this guy, I spent a week praying about it and it was a wrestle. Um, it was a wrestle with God. And I remember thinking, I don't want to go through with this. Like, what if I'm making a big mistake? What if I'm going to be lonely and like single forever and my life's going to be miserable? Um, and yeah, I, I don't regret it at all. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you mentioned a few things that you overcame in such a young age, you know, having to like you've just explained, um, you know, leave a relationship for Jesus and following him. Another big, you know, cycle that you broke out of that you mentioned was your cycle in porn. I uh, would just love to hear more about um, how you broke that out because I think that that advice or that sort of insight would be so powerful in this generation, in this world. Yeah. Um, I think the advice I would give and what I actually did are completely different. <laughs> so I'll start with um, I'll start with the advice I would give. So I think having someone to keep you accountable is really important. Um, having someone you trust um, and someone close to you. And for me, these days, often it's either a close friend or actually someone who's a couple of steps removed from me, but I know I can still trust them. Sometimes people find it really hard in discussing like an, an addiction like porn with someone really close to them. Um, so sometimes it's easier if you choose someone a couple of steps removed who has that sort of outsider input. Um, but having that accountability partner, someone to ask you about it, to, you know, challenge you about it, to pray for you about it is really important. Um, I know a lot of people use things like content blockers um, and for a lot of people I know, especially guys, that's really effective and helps in just sort of limiting like what you can see. You just, you just can't interact with that sort of stuff. Um, and I think again, prayer, um, just praying through it with God, um, turning to him confession as well, um, is really important in doing that, um, and breaking out of those sort of addiction cycles. Um, and I will say, I don't think it's always like a, it's one and done. Like I think often it's, it's a challenge and it's a cycle and 
any sort of addiction cycle, you're probably going to relapse. It's pretty hard to break out of those sort of habits. Um, So for me personally, it took me about a year or so to break my addiction um, and I did it completely alone. I had no accountability. Um, I told no one um, because I felt like it was a really shameful thing, especially as a Christian girl. Um, I don't think a lot of Christian women talk about struggling with porn. Um, so I was like, none of my like youth group friends or none of my church people seem to be struggling with it. So obviously it's just something with me. So I can't talk to them about it. So I didn't tell anyone about it. Um, and in hindsight, that was not a good idea. I wish I had someone to speak through and work through it with. Um, and I did, I just didn't approach them, but I think, um, for me, it was, God really convicting me of my sin. So I remember the first time I was just like fully convicted of like the wrongness of pornography. And I remember sitting on my kitchen floor, just sobbing, like gut wrenching sobs and just thinking, how on earth can God love me? If I'm this sinful, like I seem to never be able to conquer this. I seem to never be able to win this battle. Um, And I think that just gut conviction of this is so wrong and so upsetting to God um, really like changed my perspective on it. And then the more I battled with it through prayer, the more I kept on being convicted, but the more I was reminded that, you know, Jesus is calling me back. He's telling me, don't run away just because you think you're, you know, you're, you're too sinful or just because you think you're unclean, come back to me and I will wash you again and again with my blood. And I love you so much that I'm just going to keep on pursuing you. Um, Yeah. So that's my sort of story. Um, Going through it alone wouldn't be my recommendation, but I know people who have. Um, Yeah. And I think once you get that sort of like gut conviction, it, it changes things. Wow. Thank you. Um, We do want to thank you for being that honest and open to talk about it because like you said, it's not something that is comfortable to talk about. And um, yeah, it's something that Christians, probably people who aren't Christians as well, feel shame about. So thank you for being so honest and for getting the conversation started. Um, I also wanted to thank you for, I guess, bringing up the fact that, um, that I guess, the the impact of isolation. Um, it is a massive tactic in um, the enemy's abuse, his schemes with how to to strip us away from God and to get us to to think that God doesn't love us, um, to take us away from Christian community. It's it's even a common human tactic in in human abuse to isolate the victim. And the enemy is so sneaky in how he lies to us and gets us to believe that 
yeah, God doesn't love me. I can't go to God. I can't confess to God. And even if I did, there's nothing that he, he can't show me grace. And I can't go to Christians because they'll judge me. It's a massive lie. And it's so crucial for the generation of young adults or every generation to understand that with God, there is always grace when we repent. But like you said, it's wrong. Any sin is wrong. Not just not just one specific sin, but any sin separates us from God. And it's not the fact of, of not watching porn because Christians don't do that. Because Christians do, because Christians make mistakes. But it's more the fact of any sin takes us away from that closeness with God. And that should be that should be heartbreaking to us, not because um, we want to stay in that heartbroken, guilty state, but because we want to be close to God and we want to honor him and just to have that fellowship with him. So thank you for bringing that up. And another thing that I thought was so cool and that I admire so much about you as, um, as a friend, but also just as a fellow sister in Christ is now you've gone through all this and you're still, you still, as every Christian does, you still work through things and you still want to pursue Christ and bring things before him and be closer to him. But now he's using you in ministry to young adults. And I don't know if you think this, but you just seem like the perfect choice. Um, I'm sure any, you know, it's God, any person he chooses is the perfect choice. But, um, it's so powerful that now you're in this position that people can come to you and, be real and have a mentor. You're saying that having a mentor to go to is so powerful and now you get to have that role. And um, for anyone listening, Caitlin and I actually met through Power to Change, the um, organization that Caitlin is now a missionary with. And we went on a mission trip together and just became really close over time. We served together on campus and um, we went on a second mission that we got to lead together, which was awesome. And from there, I got to watch Caitlin undertake this journey of realizing that God was calling her to be a missionary. Um, So Caitlin, would you mind talking a little bit about what you do for work and also how you knew that that's what God was calling you to do? Yeah. Um, So yeah, as Anna said, I work as a missionary with Power to Change. Um, Some people might know them as staff workers or other stuff. So I work with our campus strategy, which basically means I get to talk to uni students about Jesus five days a week. Um, And I love it. It's great. We, um, you know, it's things like Bible studies and mentoring and discipleship times. Um, And yeah, I think there's nothing else I would rather be doing than spending my whole life serving Jesus. Um, In terms of what I, or how I chose that, or like how I knew God was directing me that way. So I sort of got to towards the end of my degree and I had originally started my degree thinking I'd do postgraduate medicine after. And I got halfway through my degree and I was like, I do not want to do, I do not want to be a doctor. I don't want to do medicine. Um, Yeah. So I wasn't entirely sure what I'd do. Um, And I was like, oh, Maybe I could do further studies, but I was getting a bit of bored, bored of studying. And so I actually got two ministry opportunities, two days apart. Like I got asked to do two quite different ministries, like a day apart. And it was one of the probably most challenging decisions I had to make. So my church offered me a apprenticeship position. Um, And it would have been a really cushy job. 
Um, I would have had to raise like half the amount of support I had to as a missionary because as missionaries you often raise um, or you fundraise what you get paid. Um, So, yeah, as an apprentice it would have been like half of that and I would have known everyone I was going into. It would have been a really easy like cruisy job with my church or join Power the Change, raise, have to raise twice as much, um, not really know what I'd be doing or where I'd be placed or what camps I'd be on, that sort of thing. Um, and I pretty much was certain I'd join my church and I told everyone that, but I didn't lock in my decision for like eight months almost. And I sort of went back and forth, back and forth every day. I'd wake up every single day and I'd be like, I'm going to do this today. And the next day I'd be like, oh, I'll do the other one. And it went on for about eight months until again, one day apart, both of them came back to me and said, you actually need to make a decision and put in your application now. And I was like, okay. And so I was still pretty certain I was going to join my church. And so I opened the sort of application I'd have to fill out for that. And I was just reading through it. Um, I wasn't going to start actually entering any information until the next day. And it got to the question of why are you doing this ministry? And I read that and I was like, I don't know why I'm joining my church. Um, and I remember later that day walking to the shops with my mum. And my mum is in a Christian And I remember talking to her about this decision I had to make. And I asked her, mum, where do you see me? And she replied, I think you'd be great with church. But I think your heart is with uni students. And the fact that she could see that as a non-Christian, I was like, wow, obviously that is what God has put on my heart. If you can see that, as someone who doesn't follow Jesus, who doesn't really think there's God, you know, the fact that you can see that, obviously that's, you know, God working in me and an outpouring of that. Um, yeah, and so I think God really in that time used other people to confirm where he wanted me, where he wanted me placed. Um, and yeah, I just had this real heart for university students um, and seeing young adults just really flourish in their faith and be able to share that with others. Um, yeah, it was just something I really wanted to be able to invest in. So, yeah. That's so cool. It was just such an honour to watch that all unfold as well. And um before we wrap I wanted to ask you if you wanted to just have a few moments to share um, why university Christian groups mean so much to you why you think they're important and why you have a heart for uni students I think university is probably one of the biggest transitional stages people can go through or just just sort of that like leaving high school stage is probably one of the biggest transitional stages because you're leaving your safety and your security and everything you've known. If you've been going to youth group, you're leaving youth group. And I think, you know, youth groups are amazing. Um, but once that's gone, that's like, 
that's your Friday night, like feeding time for getting Bible teaching and stuff. That's gone. And then it's just Sunday. And that means you have to show up on a Sunday and, you know, you're 18 now and mum and dad might not make you go to church. So you have to be accountable to yourself in getting to church. And I think it's this huge time where young people are out in the world and the world is telling them, follow me. It's so much nicer if you follow me. It's so much easier. Um, Yeah, so I think if I could, like, encourage uni students, it would just be just lean into Jesus as you're going into university. Like, get connected with a Christian group so you can continue growing in your faith. Stick around at church because that'll be your family. That'll be your you know, spiritual flesh and blood. Um, I think it's so important to maintain those connections as you go into sort of your young adult life because otherwise the world's just going to try and pull you away and it is so easy to be pulled away by the world. Um, Yeah, and I think I've seen it in my own life. I know all of the girls who I I was in their year at youth group There were six of us and three of us, including myself, are still following Jesus. Um, Yeah, and I know so many people who fall away and I think that sort of transition time is so crucial just in putting those little things in practice, having those people who will keep you accountable um, is so important during that time. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I think your whole testimony, both of them have been, like I mentioned earlier, so real and it just shows how real God is and how relevant he is and that during all the struggles that our generation have and that you have gone through, that he has been there supporting you and showing you the way and all you had to do was lean into him. I think you've illustrated very well this idea that, you know, Choosing God is like choosing this marathon with him. It's a long stretch and it goes your entire life and every step you take matters and you don't want to be compromising any of those steps with any of these worldly um, sort of matters or issues, whether that be relationships or porn addiction or any sort of addiction, really. You don't want to be disadvantaging your this body you've been given, the spiritual and physical body that is constantly wanting to run this race, this marathon with God. And you've been... A testament to that and you've shared that with us today so thank you thank you very much um just before we go and before i give it to anna to plug plant it is anything you want to plug uh, <laughs> um hey if you're going to university of notre dame or university of sydney and want to get connected with power to change drop the planted team a line and they'll get you connected <laughs> i don't know um yeah no i just really want to see young people going to church and being connected to Christians. Fantastic. Thank you, Caitlin. And Anna, where can people get more of Planted online and in person? Oh, um, you can follow Planted on Instagram at Planted Ministries or we have a Facebook page, Planted Ministries as well. You can also Google our website, Planted Ministries, <laughs> to find out more about us. But um, I also just want to um, give how to change a little shout out to while we're here it really truly impacted my life I think it impacted 
the way I run Planted as a ministry as well and the way I understand the importance of running a ministry. So if you if you do go to uni, definitely check out Power to Change if you're at one of those unis. And if not, um, check out a Christian group. It really is impactful. I support that. And check out Planted. <laughs> you're already here, so may as well keep checking it out. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back again soon with another episode. See ya. Bye. Thank you.